This is the Hunt for Wellness podcast with Mike Decenti, 51 Squatter. It's another great day for wellness, and this is Bones bringing the packs of F3 Nation the latest strategies and tips to accelerate their king and optimize their queen. Health is a journey and requires you to take a proactive approach on a daily basis. Knowing exactly what to do and how to do it will help you achieve it faster. Each week, we are going to be interviewing the leading health and wellness experts, sharing inspiring stories from the packs, and diving into the latest research to help you optimize your health. So get ready as we embark on your hunt for wellness. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Hunt for Wellness podcast. I'm super excited that you've joined us today. We have a great show as I've had the privilege of speaking with Mike Decenti, or Squatter, who found himself at the age of 32 overweight and miserable with his job and overall health. It was an inspiring story that motivated him to do something about it. And now, at the age of 51, he is a four-time Ironman finisher who inspires others to achieve their goals. In today's episode, we discuss the secret that kept him motivated about achieving his first Ironman, what strategy he uses to keep his nutrition dialed in so that he continues to accelerate, and why a patient approach to health is the key to a lifelong health journey. And as always, if you like this episode, please share it with your family, friends, and other packs. Welcome back to another Hunt for Wellness podcast. Uh, this is Dr. Tunis Hunt, otherwise known as Bones in the Gloom. And folks, we have a fantastic show for you today. I have none other than Mike Decenti with me, otherwise known as Squatter in the Gloom. Welcome to the show, my friend. Uh, thanks, Bones. Yeah. Uh, I appreciate you having me on today. Yeah, we love to have you, man. So uh, Squatter, uh, yeah. that's a unique name. So uh, do, do us a favor, kind of back us up a little bit about your F3 story, uh, where you post, uh, how'd you get introduced to F3, and uh, why the name Squatter? Yeah, so my story is probably similar to uh, others um, that have started F3. Uh, what, what first got me into F3 was that I moved. I live in North Carolina, and I moved from Lumberton, which is a a small city uh, on the basically on the South Carolina uh, border uh, down I-95, and I moved up to Apex. And uh, we didn't have F3 down in Lumberton, so I worked out, but you know I kind of did it by myself and just had some friends that I would run with from time to time. And, and so when I got up here, uh, you know I was already worried about you know not being able to to find a group of people to to work out with. And long story short, uh, we had a six-week gap from the time we sold our house in Lumberton to the time we can get in our new house in Apex. We had some amazing friends that lived in Holly Springs, and they let us stay with them. It was me, my wife, my daughter, and our dog, and we stayed in their guest room uh, for six weeks. Um, just side note, it worked out great. In fact, we said this should be how all people live. You know, we <laughs> shared shopping and cooking. It was, it was really good. We actually enjoyed ourselves. Um, 
but uh, so uh, one of my first weekends there, I went for a run with my now new roommate and uh, he invited a friend of his, uh, which uh, who did F3. And it's um, uh, Oase Patel down in Southwake. Uh, some people know him as Midget for Life. And he said, you need to come out to F3. And I went out to Southwake's uh, Wednesday night workout called Thunder. And the queue uh, set up this almost like an obstacle course. It was, we had tires to flip. It was fantastic. And I said, this is exactly what I need in my life. So uh, when we got in COT and I explained my story and how I'm crashing at a friend's house uh, for six weeks, uh, um, someone said squatter. Uh, it was a guy named John Deere, uh, who's from England. And he says it with an English accent. So it sounds much cooler when he says <laughs> squatter. Uh, so, but unfortunately not everybody has that English accent. So uh, that's how I got started. Uh, I then eventually moved to Apex. And of course, here we have a Carpex uh, region, uh, which I started in October of 2017. So uh, I've been here ever since. And every day uh, with F3 has has made me stronger and, and a better person. And I'm very thankful for it. Yeah, well, that name is, is perfectly suited based yeah. on that story. I, I love it. And to your point, yeah, probably not many people in um, North Carolina are using that English accent. Uh, <laughs> probably get the other extreme. Uh, it'd be fun yeah. to hear some of the other packs say, say uh, the squatter name. Yeah. So, well, I appreciate the backstory. Uh, I'm glad that you're part of the packs of F3 Nation, and I'm sure the boys up in Carpex love having you around. In fact, um, uh, Pax, I had brought Squatter on the podcast today because I had received a message from a, another F3 member about uh, Squatter and his story. And the context uh, of that was he had um, was sharing his story with a group of F3 Pax uh, locally, and that was recorded. And I was able to listen to it and be inspired by his journey. And so um, I'm excited for all of you guys to kind of hear the same story here, but, uh, squatter, if you wouldn't mind, kind of just give us some context of what you were doing uh, in that moment, why you were sharing that story and, and kind of what that looked like. Yeah. So, uh, again, most of the names I mentioned will be packs, uh, here in Carpex. Um, but, uh, Tom Hayes banjo, uh, is one of our most popular and well-traveled packs. He likes to go visit other regions and he, he's really a great ambassador uh, for F3 in general. Um, so he had visited another region. He had heard about a storytelling, kind of a third F uh, project that this region started where, where packs got together and somebody volunteered to lead the event and share a story. Uh, it could be a personal story. It could be something to do with fitness or, or whatever, you know, all three F's. And uh, it was an expanded, you know, time to get to know this person more than cafeteria or some other second F. It was really in-depth storytelling. And then those in attendance could ask questions. So we started this about five or six months ago. We, we do one uh, every month. And uh, folks will volunteer to, again, share a story. And early on, uh, to make sure that we had someone lead these, uh, Banjo reached out to a few people and said, you know, would you be willing to cue 
one of these storytelling. So he asked me early on, and, and it turned out December was the month that I would do. And in thinking about the topic, I, I basically wanted, like you said, to tell my story about uh, not just F3, but prior to F3, how I started to live a healthier lifestyle and uh, basically discuss the topics of patience and, and perseverance. Um, so that was the story I, I told. We had a few people in attendance. Like you said, we record them so people can listen later. And then it gives the opportunity for, for folks to ask questions, whether it's like a, a tangible question, like, well, what can I do today to be on that same path? Or just more of a theoretical question about, you know, what were you thinking? Or how do you feel things have changed? You know, that kind of thing. So it, it's a great thing that Banjo started. He and Peaches uh, are kind of like the site cues for that. And uh, it's, it's really added a lot to our Carpex region. Like I said, it's new, so it's growing, uh, but I've enjoyed it ever since it started. Yeah, so you have a queue for the, is it once a month? Is that what you were saying? Correct. And then does that queue pick a specific venue or do you guys have a, a spot that you guys typically do all these at? How does that work out? Yeah, so right now we've been doing the majority of them at Peach's house. Uh, I volunteered my house uh, for my uh, talk and, and people came over. But, you know, we've been sitting like, you know, in the garage or the driveway in, for, for mine. We sat in the backyard, but, but mostly they've been at one location and it's been uh, Peach's house. Got it. Got it. Well, man, that's a cool concept. When, when you told me about that, I thought that was a great thing that other regions can do. Um, certainly, yeah. you know, we kind of chit chat, mumble chatter in, in the gloom and, and even in a cafeteria setting, there's sometimes still not that long opportunity to, to really kind of dive into a single person's story. Yeah. And so I think that's a cool thing to implement. And, uh, you know, maybe we'll get you on the stuff worth trying podcast, uh, to, to implement this national, you know, nationwide. So very cool. So speaking of your story, um, sure. you obviously um, have one that uh, was inspirational and uh, made an impact on, on a lot of people. So kind of back us up a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your personal health journey and what kind of brought you up to this, you know, point where you are currently with your, your, your health and nutrition. Yeah. Um, and you know, what's funny is, uh, we, we just, we just did a run, uh, this past Sunday. Um, and there was maybe 12 of us and I commented how, you know, prior to moving to this area and joining F3 at times, I felt like I may have been the healthiest person in the city I lived. And now I'm not even the healthiest person on this run, uh, you know, with 12 other guys. And so, I say that to say that in, in being in F3, I find that my story is not unique and, and I'm, I'm glad that people might find it inspiring. But, you know, when I look at it and I compare it to other people's uh, journeys, I, I feel like, you know, it, it's interesting, uh, but uh, I'm grateful that others might find inspiration from it. But I don't think it's anything, I guess, uh, extraordinary. So I, I kind of preface uh, with that. But so, so my story, just to, to give you a quick understanding of my mindset uh, right now, I'm, I'm 5'11 and I usually weigh about 160, 165. However, uh, up until my senior year of high school, 
I was five feet, three quarters of an inch. So wow. I was a very short person. I used to wrestle like 98 pounds, 115. I was a very small person. I tell you this because for a majority of my life, I had like the small man syndrome. I've always saw myself as short and skinny and somewhat weak. So as I got older, I got the height uh, and then I wanted to gain weight. So I did a lot of working out, uh, lifting weights, but I never cared about what I ate because I just wanted to be bigger. I was sick of being the skinny kid. So I found myself at one point about 200 pounds. And uh, for people that know me, it's, they'll tell me that it's hard to imagine me as 200 pounds. Like I said, I'm normally 160, 165. If I'm getting ready for an event, uh, a race or something, I may even be more one, like 155. So 200 is a lot of weight for my frame uh, to carry. But I didn't care because I just wanted to be bigger because I always saw myself as this short, skinny kid. So in 2002, I was uh, uh, right now, my profession is marketing. But before that, I was uh, a college professor. And so I was teaching in higher education. I was in South Carolina at the time. And I was teaching at a college, but I was unhappy with uh, my job. I was thinking about making a move. And so I was unhappy in my job. I was about 200 pounds. I wasn't really healthy. I, like I said, I, I was active and I would work out, but I wasn't healthy as I know what healthy is today. And I was laying on the couch and I was watching NBC's coverage. This is 2002. I was watching NBC's coverage of the Ironman uh, championship that they do every year in Hawaii. And, you know, they highlight the elite athletes, but then they also tell those human interest stories about the, the 80 year old grandmother or the army veteran, but they did the highlight on Rick and Dick Hoyt. And without going into too much detail about Rick and Dick Hoyt, and, and all you have to do is Google them and, and, and hopefully you too will be inspired. Uh, Dick is an ex-military man. He was in his sixties at the time. We actually, he just passed away last year. Um, but his son, Rick, was born with cerebral palsy and some other conditions and was bound to a wheelchair his whole life and couldn't even speak. Uh, but Dick found that if he pushed Rick in a, in a, in a wheelchair uh, during a race, you know, Rick felt alive and he commented that he felt like he was flying. So Dick made it his life purpose to make sure his son felt normal. And they started entering all these races from 5Ks to marathons to eventually Ironmans. And so they did this story about Rick and Dick Hoyt, and I found myself in tears laying on the couch. I still get choked up when I think about it. And I thought to myself, look at what this man is doing. Uh, he has he devoted his life. He, he doesn't make excuses. He doesn't blame anyone. He just gets things done. And, and, I, and I literally, like a, like a switching a light, I said, I need to be more <clears throat> like this man. I need to just do things and not, and not complain about things and not blame other people. I just need to get up and do things. And so I was 32 at the time. And I said, by the, before I'm 40, I'll do an Ironman. And uh, from that day forward, I just started 
and, and it was slow at first, but from that day forward, I just started living a healthier lifestyle. Yeah. Wow. And, and I, I do remember the story of Dick and Rick, and I remember seeing that coverage and seeing some of their, uh, coverages, I guess, after that. I mean, cause I think they kind of went into, I want to say that weren't they kind of more involved in that type of chairs and things yeah. like that after that point. Okay. So yeah, I'm thinking yeah. about the they, same people. They do have, they do have a line of specialty chairs like that. Um, very similar to like the need for speed that, yeah. I think, you know, F3 is involved in. They do have those chairs like that, a charity that um, individuals can sign up to push people uh, that kind of stuff. And, you know, besides the Ironman, they, they were well known in, at the Boston Marathon. I think they did something like 20 Boston marathons and, and their times were faster than like my best marathon time. So, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's not that just they get out there and wave to people. I mean, they compete and it's, it's, again, it's just so inspiring. Uh, I think they were, you know, I think they were the grand marshals for the 2019 or 2018 um, Boston marathon. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, and I, and I think Rick himself, the son, uh, has also, even it, when his dad was ill and couldn't push him anymore, somebody else from their team stepped up and, and pushed Rick. Uh, but he himself, um, has, uh, quote unquote retired, you know, the jostling around in the chair, uh, became a little bit too much for him. So, you know, the father passed away and, and Rick, the son has, you know, retired from competing. But like you said, I believe their charity and, and the specific chair they use is, is still something that people can get involved in. Yeah. And, and to your point, what an inspirational story. I mean, to be, yeah. you know, here we are well-abled people <laughs> uh, making excuses for yes. ourselves on a daily basis. And, you know, to see people overcome those challenges and obstacles and disabilities and just not only overcome them, but to your point, thrive in them, compete with them yeah. uh, is absolutely yeah. amazing. So it sparked, obviously, this fire inside of you. You decided that I'm going to run this Ironman before the age of 40. So what were some of the first steps you took? I mean, you're 32, overweight on the couch. Uh, how how do you get from there to an Ironman? Yeah. Uh, and, and, and you're exactly right. And, and that was a thought that went in my head. You know, I am well bodied. Why am I not using this body? And so uh, I think the very next day I attempted a one mile run uh, down the street. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I didn't complete. Uh, I didn't run the whole time. Um, but the other thing I did, and, and it's funny in, in, in thinking about our, our conversations today, I was trying to remember back. I don't remember how or consciously making the decision that this, I need to take my time with this. I, I've met so many people who said, oh, I'm, I'm going to run a marathon. And they set that goal for themselves, which is a great goal. But then they hurry up and they train for it and they do the marathon. Whether or not they do well is not important, but they finish it. But then they check that off and then they're done. And again, I don't remember how it came to my mind, whether uh, I heard it somewhere, read it somewhere, or it was just a thought, but I told myself, take your time with this. Um, this is not going to be an overnight thing. Uh, you don't have to rush to this. And so 
that's what I did. Uh, I, I made sure that I took baby steps. The other, the other thing I did was I bought the book Body for Life by a gentleman named Bill Phillips. I believe at one point it was the highest selling, you know, self-help or nutrition book on the market. Uh, but it talked about, um, you know, eating for life. You know, there's the, the saying you can uh, live to eat or eat to live. So I immediately started to, you know, eat to live. Um, and because I realized I, I didn't care what I was putting in my body. Like I said earlier, I just wanted to, to be bigger because I was, always felt skinny and weak. And, and so I started eating right. And then uh, whether it started with that one mile run or just adding more uh, fitness, you know, not just working out, but adding more fitness uh, to my um, daily routine, I just started getting, uh, you know, more healthy. And, you know, I, I often talk about, uh, you know, having goals that are more than just weight loss, because if you eat right and work out, you're going to lose weight. So, you know, that shouldn't be a goal. Your, your goals or your habits should be things like a consistent diet of, you know, healthier foods and a consistent workout regime, which is of course, you know, what F3 is all about. So I started with that. I ended up quitting that job and moving to Lumberton, um, where I lived for 15 years from 2002 to 2017. And there I was very lucky and uh, met a group of people. Uh, they were mostly runners, uh, a few triathletes. And so whether it was, you know, a divine intervention or what that got me there, that got me introduced to these people, uh, I found myself surrounded by folks that were able to, to help me on that journey. Um, and then, you know, within the time uh, of me getting, I, 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 by the way, I, I did that first Ironman uh, at, at 2008 when I was 38. So I did it two years ahead of schedule. But in that time, from 2002 to 2008, you know, I was able to do a lot of other things, uh, several shorter triathlons, a couple, uh, half Ironman, a couple of marathons. Um, so I was able to have several successes up until that point where I finally got that main goal of, uh, and it was the Louisville Marathon or Louisville Ironman in, in 2008. Yeah. I, in fact, I think. I may be mistaken, but I think my brother-in-law did that same Ironman that year. And the only reason I remember is we vacationed uh, that summer prior to uh, the Ironman. And he spent all day, every day training. It was, it was insane the amount of dedication that goes into completing one of those events. But, uh, you know, you said a lot of good things there as far as kind of your approach and your mindset. Uh, one was that you, you took it slow, that your mindset was you're going to take one step at a time, that you're not going to sprint to some goal just to check off the box. And to yeah. your point, I think a lot of times we do that. We sit there and say, hey, I want to achieve this. And then we achieve it and we kind of tick it off. And if we were implementing some really good lifestyle choices to achieve that goal, we then revert back to kind of what we were doing prior to that, because now I've, I've done that. I don't need to worry about that anymore versus having this ongoing journey, if you will, and lifestyle that allows you to sustain it. You mentioned yeah. Body for Life. I'm familiar with Body for Life, uh, to your point, very popular uh, and, and great information. 
again, the idea that food is fuel. It's the things that give our bodies the nutrients and the vitamins and things that it needs versus just to eat, um, because we're living. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, that's the mindset that I had to come up with as well. And I, I try to even teach clients that same concept because it does put a different perspective to it. When, when I'm mm-hmm. thinking about, you know, if I'm going to fuel my system, what the choice, what choices I make will determine how well that system works. And a lot yeah. of times we, we wonder why we underperform physically. Well, take a look at the fuel that you're putting in. So from that perspective, fuel wise, tell me a little bit about what your strategy is. Uh, What do you do kind of on a weekly basis? What's the style of food that you choose to eat now to kind of fuel your system? Yeah. So uh, one, uh, one more quick note about the body for life book. If you remember, uh, that's the first time I ever heard of the concept of a cheat day. He had that in there, if you remember. Yeah. And it was like, you know, you did so well. Uh, you did so well all week long. You need a cheat day. In retrospect, when I look back at that, I was like, uh, I, that was one of the worst things because, man, and I, and, and I had a partner, by the way, in all this, my, my now wife, who was my then girlfriend, uh, she did it with me. But on that cheat day, and ours was Sunday man, did we just eat horribly? And now when I look back at that, I'm like, man, we, we just, we ruined all the successes we had uh, throughout the week on that cheat day. So it's not something I recommend to people. Um, so, uh, and what I do now is one of the concepts in that book, uh, I believe, or I got it somewhere else again, it's been a long time, was prepping your meals uh, for the whole week. And that's something my wife and I still do uh, today. You know, if, if you're in a hurry and we both work full-time jobs, we have a 12-year-old daughter, and so things get busy. If you're in a hurry and you don't have something healthy prepared, you're going to reach for something or go buy something that may not be as healthy. So we will prep at least four or five dinners uh, and sides uh, for the entire week, the things that would take the longest amount of time. You know, we may throw together uh, some sort of vegetable or a salad or something else, uh, but like, you know, we'll cook chicken breasts, we'll make a big thing of quinoa, um, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, if we're having fish, obviously we can cook that pretty quick, but we'll, we'll have the side dishes prepared. Uh, I eat a salad every day for lunch and making a salad every day would be uh, taxing. So I make a huge bowl of salad, uh, one, sometimes two days a week because I eat so much of it. Uh, but I have that ready. And then when it's lunchtime, I just go and I grab my salad and I'll put black beans on it or chickpeas or something like that. Um, me personally, I've gone through different variations of the type of, uh, food I eat. And I don't like to use the word diet because, um, it kind of has a stigma that it's only like you, to your point earlier, it's going to be a short period of time, you know? So I don't think I only use the word diet when I refer to the foods that we eat, you know, like what is your diet as opposed to, Hey, I'm on a, I'm on a diet, you know? Uh, so, you know, there's misconception that it should be for a short period of time, but I've been through several kind of variations. I've, I've been vegetarian. I've, I've done vegan. Uh, I'm actually reading a book right now. Um, Rich Rolls, 
uh, Finding Ultra book, and he's talking about his plant-based diet, and and I feel like I want to be vegan again. <laughs> it's really inspiring, you know, what he does on that plant-based diet. But uh, but but ultimately, I always tell people it, it's much more simpler than you think. First off, avoid all the red flags. Uh, you know, fast food. Don't you know? You know, fast food is bad for you. If you if you have to ask, like, oh, I wonder if I should be eating this, you you know you shouldn't. So just eliminate the red flags right away. And then for other things, start slowly implementing, um, you know, when you eat uh, an animal protein, try to make sure it's a lean or healthy one, such as a fish or a chicken or a turkey. Um, if you're eating uh, your some sort of starch, you know, try to make it uh, sweet potatoes or brown rice or quinoa. Um, always have vegetables, always have fruit. Uh, feel free to eat as much of those as you want, you know. So I, so that's what we've been doing. And and again, because I have a partner, my wife, who agrees with this sort of thing, um, it's it's much easier. So so that's something else you want to do is you you. You want to have some buy-in, I guess, from your family because you don't want to be cooking two to three different meals uh, at meal time, and um, and it can be confusing because of all the contradictory information that's out there about what's healthy and what's not. So I always just say start easy, avoid the red flags, make some simple changes, and then probably the last thing would be portion size. Uh, you don't need to eat as much as you think you do um, on the size of your meal. Uh, you just need to scale down a little bit. But whether it's the Body for Life book or some website or somebody else in your region that you can ask, uh, don't feel intimidated like you have to do so much so quickly. Slowly implement these things. And like I said, I've been doing it for a long time. So it becomes second nature. Uh, and just like any habit, if you, if you do it more often, it's going to be easier for you. Uh, so just start the habit today, start small, and hopefully within a few weeks or months, uh, you'll realize that you've made that switch and it's not that big of a, a difference or a drain on what you're used to doing. Yeah. I mean, step-by-step step is certainly the most successful way of doing it. And I want to echo, you know, what you said about that, because, I think, especially this time of year, when we're thinking about the beginning of the year, people are setting resolutions and yeah. it's very easy to kind of radically change our whole lifestyle overnight verbally, yeah. and then to actually implement it and be successfully or successful at it. It's, it's very difficult to do. And yeah, I, I echo, um, you know, the idea of pick the simple stuff first. I mean, there, regardless of the style of eating that you choose to do, whether it's more vegetarian or vegan or carnivorous or whatever, across the board, what everybody agrees with is there's some clear red flags out there that <laughs> no one should be eating this, certainly not on a consistent basis. And so, you know, start there, start simple. You know, if you drink three Diet Cokes a day, start weaning that down to two and then down to one or, or whatever that might be for you. It doesn't have to be this radical shift in eating that you know, oh, I'm never going to eat a steak again. I'm only going right. to eat vegetable. Probably not going to be sustainable, uh, yeah. you know, most likely. And so I, I like that you plan 
Uh, that's that's key, man. Uh, well, not only plan, but prep. Uh, yeah. That that certainly makes it easy. I know that's not um, always attainable for every single person's um, lifestyle or what they're doing. But I will say, if you're not able to, let's say, prep, uh, and to your point, it's certainly easier to. Um, if you're going to turn on the grill to grill one piece of chicken, you might as well grill 20. <laughs> Um, you know, you might as well knock it out at once and put it aside, especially from a lunch perspective. I think that's where people struggle the most, um, is kind of that on the go type of meal and, and having something ready in a, in a tighter timeframe. But even if you don't prep it, planning is optimal, you know, just to kind of sit there on the beginning of the week and say, well, I know I'm going to eat Monday. What should I eat? Or I know I'm going to eat Tuesday. What should I be eating? Uh, and, and if we really think about it, we put a lot of planning into lots of things in our lives. Yeah. Why not the fuel that we're putting into our system on a weekly basis? And I'm just as guilty as anybody. I'm not perfect. There's many times that, you know, I'm fortunate uh, to have a spouse that does some of that. So it's some of the mental capacity off of me, but at the same time, I try to be an active part of that because it is my body it's going into Mm -hmm. as well and, and, and so forth. But, uh, I, I think that's a strategy for success and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you implement it. And, um, you know, Pax, if, if you're thinking about doing that, don't get overwhelmed about it. Um, yeah. uh, you know, start with, you know, just what you're going to eat for dinner for the week, for instance, right. don't worry about yeah. every meal every day. Um, because the, you know, it might be overwhelming at first to, to implement. Yeah. So you did the two, and just a, yeah, a go quick ahead. comment on that. Yeah. And, and early on, and, and, and we do it on Sundays and early on those Sundays, uh, our kitchen, you know, we look like a professional kitchen. We had every pot and pan, um, out and we were cooking multiple things at multiple times, you know, but, but now we've got it down to a science and, and this may not be appealing to folks, but we are okay with eating a lot of the same things over and over again. Again, we, we, we will splurge and we will have, you know, really great meals and we will go out from time to time, but we're okay with eating, you know, a chicken, a side and a vegetable uh, multiple times uh, a week. So, but yes, at first it's going to be very difficult and it's going to be time consuming, but once you again, get it down to a rhythm, it'll be easier. And then one last comment is, so many times people start again, healthy eating or whether they call it a diet and they, and they fall off the bandwagon and they let that be the end to that attempt at that diet. I always tell people you can have a bad meal, just your next meal, just make it healthy or healthier. Uh, don't let one bad meal say, okay, well that didn't work. I'll I have to think of a new diet now and I'll start it next Monday because Monday is always a great day to start a diet. No, have one bad meal. That's fine. Your next meal, make it healthier uh, and then continue from there. But don't let one bad meal or even one bad day uh, derail what you put some effort into. Yeah, great advice. And I'm a big fan of getting back on the wagon as soon as possible. Uh, Just bite the bullet and do it. to your point, a lot of times people do make that Monday, uh, resolution, <laughs> eh, you know, yeah. Monday I'll do it uh, versus just, Hey, the next meal, just, next just meal. Yep. be a little bit healthier and, and kind of ca- the catalyst for that. So did the Ironman at 38, yep. um, 
how'd you do with that Ironman? I mean, obviously you finished. Uh, do you feel yeah. like you, you, yeah. you did as well as you wanted to? Or I, I did as well as I wanted to. I mean, looking back now, and I've done three more since, and I actually just did one in September and I PR'd it. Um, awesome. look, so looking back, I was like, you know, I was a lot younger, uh, but I wasn't knowledgeable enough. I obviously I've learned how to train better. Um, so I did everything on my own. I didn't have a coach. I just trained on my own, what I read and what I learned. And, and so obviously I, I made, uh, I didn't make great choices back there as far as uh, to get myself prepared. So, uh, going into the race, uh, my goal was, I think I said like 13 hours, I ended up doing it in 13 hours and five minutes. Uh, if that's the one your brother did, you'll remember that it was uh, unseasonably hot. It was like 94 degrees. I mean, people were literally falling off their bikes from heat exhaustion. It was terrible. So uh, that definitely uh, hurt my run. Um, and that's where I lost most of the time uh, was the run. It was just so hot. I walked a lot. Um, but uh, so, yeah, I did well for what I was expecting at that moment. And you know, and I've, I've, I've helped people train for, uh, races. Um, and I always ask when someone asks me for help, I always tell them, do you want to complete the race or compete in the race? And so now I try harder to compete, but for that first one, it was definitely, I just want to complete it. Yeah. And, and I would imagine that would be a lot of people's initial goal is, Hey, listen, I'm getting into this to, to see if I a can even complete it. Yeah. So speaking of that, um, you said you've done four now more, one more recently and, you know, PR it. What is a typical training schedule for you kind of leading up to an Ironman? If somebody was interested in maybe looking into getting into an Ironman, uh, type of event, what, what, what kind of suggestions or what, what, what does your training look like? Yeah. And so it, it's definitely difficult. I, I never lie to anybody except for the first one, which I really didn't have a base for. Uh, and that was about a year of focus and training. Um, the, the previous three, I feel like I've gone into with a strong base. So like this last one in particular, obviously being active in F3 and doing a lot of the crazy stuff that we do and, and, uh, I'm a, and I'm a good runner and always been a good swimmer. Cyclists, uh, cycling is where I need to focus a lot of my time to get better. But uh, going in, I felt like I had a strong base. So this might not uh, apply to everybody, but I basically started my training April. The event was September. About April, um, I, I was very specific and intentional with my training. But like I said, if, if, if you're looking at something like this, and it's your first one, not knowing what your base is, it could take much longer. You could, you know, it could take uh, 10 or 11 months for you to be intentional about your training. So uh, starting April is when, and I really didn't even post, uh, you know, I would go to a few workouts, but maybe just run and then be part of COT, oh, COT. But yeah, starting end of April, beginning of May, I really didn't post at any AOs because you really, and especially if you want to make sure that you're not compromising family time and work, uh, because it is time consuming. My, my wife uh, gives me Saturday 
uh, as a day where I can uh, kind of be away from the family for multiple hours at a time. But everything else I did early in the morning. So, I, uh, so, so for those that have families and have jobs, you can do this. Um, it may be a four o'clock start you know, on some mornings, but you can get it done. Uh, I added one uh, weeknight ride. Um, and then, but your Saturdays, and of course, if you have a conflict, maybe it, it goes to a Sunday. Your Saturdays are your long days. Uh, that's where, you know, you may start again at four or five, but you're going to like 12 or one or two in the afternoon. Uh, and so you need someone, uh, you need a spouse or a partner that will accept that and be okay with it. Um, but, but yeah, you can get it done and you can do it in the morning, but you have to be very intentional. You have to make sure that you put in adequate amount of time specifically on the three events, you know, swimming, biking and running, and you have to make sure that, that your training encompasses, uh, you know, the amount of time, like cycling is the longest part of a, a triathlon or an Ironman. So you have to make sure you put in more time on cycling than you do the others. Um, and you just have to be mindful of it. And, and by the way, for anyone who's listening, uh, if they have questions or they want to reach out, they can they can email me. I, I love helping people. I love sharing the knowledge of training for whether it's a, a 5K, a marathon, or an Ironman. So if anyone has more specific questions they want to ask, and, I, and I'm sure I'm not the only one in the F3 Nation that has done this. So please, if there are others, you know, uh, comment, add your email, and uh, you know, try to be a, a resource for those that want to maybe attempt one for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I remember... Um, listening to my sister-in-law tell my brother-in-law that uh, this is one and done because he, he, he would spend, like I said, hours to your point, just cycling or swimming or running. And it's a real commitment outside of your family um, to, to accomplish something like this. So, uh, so my I, so, wife hasn't, my wife obviously didn't tell me one and done, but she yeah. has told me that I, I have to do it. I have to wait five years. I have a five year window. And so uh, the, the first couple came pretty quick. It was 2008, 2012, 2015. And so the, the next one I was supposed to do, so I just did a, a, a Maryland and I was supposed to do it last year when I turned, or I was supposed to do it in 2020 when I turned uh, 50. And so I was going to do one on every milestone birthday. Of course, the 2021 was canceled because of COVID, and which is why I did it again, or which is why I did it in 2021. So she's, so I have a four-year break, and so <laughs> the next one will be 2025. Got it, got it. So at the age, uh, were you 51 at the time you just did this yeah, last 50, one? Yeah, I'm 51 now. Correct. Got it. So at the age of 51, to hit that PR, man, that's that's pretty impressive. That shows that you're continually accelerating versus just kind of going through the motions. So just so we can define it, uh, obviously someone can look it up, but uh, if you wouldn't mind, define um, the specifics of an Ironman. Uh, how long are you swimming? How long are you biking? How long are you running? Yep. So it's a 2.4 mile swim. It's a 112 mile bike ride. And then it's a marathon, uh, 26.2 miles. Got and it. so, um, again, so like I said earlier, you, you spend the longest amount of time on the bike. It's definitely something you've got to become friends with. 
if in cycling, I find is of the three, it's 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 really you know one of the hardest and obviously time consuming things. Um, so if if you're a good cyclist, if you're out there and you're already a good cyclist, you're you're ahead of the game. You know, you can maybe you don't have to focus as much. For me, it's where I have to put a lot of my concentration. I've been a, a swimmer ever since I was a kid and I'm, I'm very comfortable in the water. Uh, over my years, I've become a, a good runner and I enjoy uh, running. So I always have to spend my time getting ready because it's, you know, it's five hours or more uh, part of the race. And so uh, not only is it just painful uh, sitting on a bike that long, but it, it it's the one that takes the most exertion and time. Yeah. And I can echo that. I'm, I'm a decent runner. Uh, I, I swam in high school and stuff, uh, even though I don't typically do that as often now, but, uh, last year at the beginning of the year, I was overtraining for some races and ended up kind of overdoing it on my ankle. And so I took about six weeks where I didn't run, but instead I, I used a stationary bike to cycle and nice. I will tell the test that was much more difficult than I expected <laughs> it to be. Cause I think we envision, Oh, you're on a bike. You just like yeah. you're coasting on a bike. That that's, that's gotta be the easy part. What's going to stink is the swim and the run. But I will say, unless you're a cyclist, that was surprisingly difficult for me to do. Um, and so I can, I can certainly understand what you're making. So 13 hours, um, or so, or, or, you know, as far as kind of, doing this race obviously leading up to it hours and hours of training mm -hmm. so tell me about the mental game in that i mean how do you kind of what's the mindset going through let's say the actual event and getting through how, how's that playing out in your mind yeah so interesting the first one uh the mindset was you know very negative in my mind obviously i felt like what if i can't do this and I remember being very emotional the night before. Uh, just a quick backstory. Um, at the time of the event, I was doing marketing uh, for a radiological company. And I became a very uh, interested in helping uh, women get mammograms. And, and, and where I lived, we had a large African-American and Native American population. And those two populations are, are hit the hardest with breast cancer. And so I used my Ironman as a fundraiser uh, for, uh, for, for women in the area to get free uh, mammograms. I raised about $25,000. Wow. And so all these people sent me uh, like get well card or not get well, good luck cards. And I was reading through them the night before and I felt very emotional like, what if I can't do this? All these people are, have put their faith in me and are expecting me to do this. Um, what if I can't? And, you know, my wife was there and she calmed me down and, and said, you know, they, they don't care. Uh, no one will care as much as you do. Uh, you're going to, whether you crawl across the finish line or whatever, you're, you're going to do fine. And, and you, you know, you still put in all the effort, you know, that kind of thing. And so my mindset going into the first one is much different from now. And this is something I tell people, and, and whether it sounds silly or not, I'm not sure, but literally the second you cross, the second I cross that finish line, and there's, there is someone at the finish line at every event who says, 
they say your name and they say, you are an Iron Man, which is pretty wow. cool to hear. And the second I heard that, I, I felt like there's nothing I can't do. Uh, like I said, I, I, I made the decision in 2002. It was now 2008. I put in the work and the effort. Um, I was proud of what I was able to accomplish both personally and physically for, for this event. And when that person said that, I said, there's not any goal that I set for myself in the future that I cannot accomplish if I put in the, the proper amount of time. And so my mindset going in to all my other ones, I've been as cool as a cucumber. I've been relaxed. I've enjoyed them so much uh, that because I know I can do it. I know what needs to be done to prepare for it. And there's never been anything, any event, whether it's that or a marathon or, or some of the long runs that we do here. Uh, in our region, there's never been anything where I said, I can't do this uh, as long as I put in the effort to get ready to do it. Well, I love uh, the fundraising idea that you had. That was a, a great way to A, push yourself and keep yourself accountable, but really just serve a population yeah. and, give, and give it that bigger why. You know, I, I often right. talk about when we set health goals to know your why. Because if you don't have the why and it's not compelling, you know, life gets hard and, uh, and challenges become, you know, difficult and it's easy to throw up your hands and kind of cut corners or cheat or whatever, unless there's that compelling why of why you want to achieve it and, and get mm -hmm. done. So, I mean, that's a nice little hack there. I mean, so, <laughs> so anybody, anybody out there having a big, overwhelming, challenging uh, physical event coming up and you want a big why, uh, take squatters advice and get, get a, ch a charity uh, to, to support or whatever might be a fantastic reason to, to keep pushing when you don't feel like pushing. Exactly. Uh, so what's on, what's on the docket next? I mean, you've accomplished these four Ironmen. Uh, obviously you do other things like marathons and, and other CSOPs and crazy things that we do. What do you have on the docket coming up down the pipeline to, uh, as the next big uh, event for you? Yeah. So, um, right now, uh, and, and, and this is obviously something that, that people go through from time to time. This was a really long uh, year for me, uh, 2021. Uh, not only the training but we, and, and the event, but we did some other things here. Uh, you know, we had our own, we have our own backyard ultra. Uh, we call it the Mike Fiorito Race for Second Place Backyard Ultra. Uh, it's, it's an event we have in Carpex. Um, it's named after one of our our packs, uh, we call Michelob and, and he's a, he's a, an ultra runner. He's been most of his life and has done some amazing things. And so we have our own backyard ultra. We just, a few of us took part in, um, a guy up in Raleigh called Fry Daddy. Uh, he puts on the Oakwood 24, which is a fundraiser, uh, for, um, healing conversations, which is a, is a rehab facility. He, his, he dealt with, uh, addiction himself and he likes to give back and he's become quite an ultra runner himself. So I had several events this year that just wiped me out. And what's interesting is right now, uh, I have a very negative mindset towards running. I'm having a very hard time getting motivated uh, to run. As I mentioned, we went for a long run this past Sunday 
and uh, I was talking with some folks around me and I'm like, right now, I don't, I'm not enjoying this. And so I don't have really anything on my schedule uh, right now uh, because I'm trying to, to get my mind right. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm unhappy with, with running right now. And so, and I've been there before and I know I'll get over it, but so I need to find the joy in it again. Um, so, you know, I'm just going to, to regular boot camps and, and doing some shorter runs, you know, going through the motions right now. Uh, there is a race coming up in March. Um, again, uh, John Fry, Fry Daddy in Raleigh has set up a ultra called the um, Mountain to Sea Trail uh, 100 miler. It's a, it's a trail race. It's uh, 100. He has a 100 miler, a 50 and a 50K. And at the end of last year, my intent was to do uh, the 100 miler. Uh, but again, because I'm struggling right now mentally, I don't see myself being able to put in the amount of time uh, that is needed for that sort of event. So I might lean towards the 50 miler or the 50K, but right now that's the only thing in my near future uh, as far as what my next event might be in 2022. Yeah. And I understand that. I mean, burnout is real and we, we kind of hit those walls sometimes. Uh, always having a carrot in front of us though is helpful yeah. as far as kind of keeping us motivated. Hey, you know, it might be an opportunity for you to kind of switch gears on something different. I'm, I'm sure there's a GTE coming up in your region, uh, somewhere close. You can throw on a rucksack and, and do <laughs> do some other style yeah. of exercise. I'm sure those boys would love to have you part of that journey. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, variety is nice. I shared uh, recently about kind of my posting uh, paradigm and what I do. And I try to kind of mix it up because I, I, yeah. I have too been in that situation where you kind of do something uh, a lot and you kind of hit the, you hit the brick wall and you're like, Oh man, I just, I don't want to do it. And it's okay to rest though, too. I mean, it's okay to take time yeah. off and, and just allow the body to repair and get right and, and enjoy, you know, not having this, yeah. this big audacious goal in front of you and allowing that to, to rest as long as you realize it's a rest and, and not That's an right. opportunity to decelerate. Well, cool, yeah. man. Well, I have a couple just final questions to ask you here um, as we kind of to, to wrap up your squatter. Uh, the first is this, and you shared some amazing tips already. Um, but what are three tips you would give someone to help them start their hunt for wellness? Yeah. Uh, great question. So the first one for me is, and you kind of just referenced it a few moments ago. It, it's having that why, uh, it's having, you know, tangible goals that actually mean something. So for a few years, uh, I did work part time as a as a like a coach, a personal trainer, um, and whether it was getting someone fit, or, or or becoming more fit, or training specifically for an event, I worked with people and I would ask them that exact thing: What goals do you have? And so you know, oftentimes someone would say weight loss, and I'd say, Well, that's not a goal. Uh, if you start working out on a regular basis and you start watching what you eat, you're going to lose weight. So that's, that's not a goal. A goal should be something like, uh, and I worked with a lot of older people, 
Uh, a goal should be something like, I want to be healthy enough to dance at my daughter's wedding. You know, the why, like you said earlier, it's got to be meaningful uh, because it's so easy to, if you say your goal is weight loss, one is, is one pound weight loss. Are you going to be happy with that? Uh, or how long? Uh, so those goals have to be tangible. They have to be uh, meaningful. The other one is basically what started, you know, our conversation. And it was something, you know, I shared with our packs here. And that is uh, you need to be patient. Um, you need to persevere, but be patient. This, this is if you find yourself either just going through the motions or you're completely out of shape, you didn't get here overnight. It took you 10, 15 years to get to this point where you are not eating right and you are unhealthy and you need to get back in shape. So you can't expect to get in shape and start eating healthy uh, within a short period of time. You have to be patient and you have to be consistent and just keep at it. And then the last one would be to, uh, and I, I love this one, it's, and, and a lot of people have a problem with it, is tell anyone that will listen to you that you want to start a healthy lifestyle because there's that accountability. Now we're lucky in F3 and I'm sure everyone listening to this is already in F3 and there's no FNGs out there, but we have that accountability. You have the, the group of guys that you work out with on a regular basis. You might have a shield lock. So we have that accountability. But if you don't yet, tell everybody, you know, post your goals or your plans on your Facebook page. Then you'll have people constantly contacting you. Hey, how's it going? How's the training for that race going? How's your diet going? And so with that accountability, um, it's going to be, uh, whether, it's, whether it's, you call it pressure or just there's going to be more focus on, on what you do. But, and if I could add something to that is those people need to be uh, not only a support group, but those people should be also a, a resource for you. So seek out people that, that are not going to be naysayers, but also people that might be able to help you on that with uh, information on best ways to train for an event or best you know, way to uh, start a healthy diet. Um, you need to be an active participant. You, know, you can't just say, oh, I want to do this and then do nothing about it. You have to seek out the people that can help you and you, and, and you have to seek out the information uh, that's going to uh, help you reach that goal. Man, those are great tips. And, and I can certainly resonate with every single one of them. And recently I just kind of, uh, kind of declared to, to the podcast, <laughs> you know, my, my goals for this year, as far as some longer distance runs and I, I can run, I just don't love it. And yeah. it's one of those challenges that I want to do. And, just knowing that other people are going to hold me accountable makes a huge impact on my willingness to follow through with it and, and do that. So man, great tips. I appreciate that. Uh, I do have one final question for you, but before I ask it, I just want to take a few moments here and just say, thank you. Uh, acknowledge you squatter for, uh, sharing your story, uh, with us as a nation, as well as, um, you know, regionally in your in your region and your your ability to inspire those guys that you get up in the gloom with on a day-to-day week-to-week basis and and as i was listening to the original recording that i was sent 
you could really tell that there was a lot of guys there that respect what you do and, and did and really look at you as a leader in, in your region. So uh, thanks again for that leadership and what you're doing uh, in your region and, and for sharing your story here at F3 uh, the, on the podcast. If there was somebody that wanted to reach out to you, you kind of alluded to it. Um, is there a best way for them to contact you um, that you'd be willing yeah. to share? Sure. And, and uh, you know, perhaps you can put this up as well, but I'll share my email is my first initial M, my last name, Decenti, D-E-C-I-N-T-I, the numbers 1970 at gmail.com. Awesome, brother. Are you on the Slack channels at all? Are you yeah. on the Nat Nation Slack by chance? No, just our, uh, just our regional Slack. As, I, as, as we talked before you started the podcast, I've never, even though I do marketing and I'm in charge of social media for the company that I work for, personally, I don't do a lot of social media. So my, our, our local Slack channel uh, is the only uh, Slack that I do. I got it. All right. Well, very good. So it sounds like email uh, is an, a viable option for everyone to reach yeah. out to you. So, all right, very good. So my last question is this squatter, what is your definition of wellness? Yeah. And that's a great question. And, and, you know, bones with what you do and, and, and as a chiropractor, and, and by the way, I'm a, I'm a big believer in, chi in, in chiropractic care. I've been going, uh, you know, for a long time, even when I was that little five foot tall kid I mentioned about because wrestling I kind of screwed up my back a bunch and so I've been going to a chiropractor for a long time but it's like you would probably tell your patients it's 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 not only exercise it's not only the food you eat it's it's a mind-body connection um you know it's it's being it's being uh, trying to be well uh mentally as 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 much as physically you know um the uh religiously, spiritually, however you want to define it. It's, it's finding peace there. It's, it's, it's being harmonious in your family, you know, and making sure that your relationships around you are all positive ones and not toxic ones. I mean, so there's so much more. It's, it's learning uh, every day. Uh, so, so wellness is, is far more than what we do in F3, even though we cover you know, uh, several of those across the three F's. It's, uh, it's being a better parent, being a better husband. It's, uh, it's participating in your community, being a leader or, or doing work in your community. So I believe wellness is all of those things. Uh, it's, sometimes it's, it's so uh, easily defined as just the physical part or even adding the, the nutrition part. But I believe even if you have those two uh, intact and you're doing well and accelerating in those two, if those other things, if your mind's not right, or if you're, if you're struggling with, you know, depression or, or whatnot, obviously that's going to affect your wellness. So, you know, we're lucky that we have packs that we can talk to, or I hope you feel that you have packs that you can talk to, you know, get in a shield lock group, uh, reach out to somebody you know, and share those things. Uh, we're, our group is a wealth of knowledge. And so, you know, we have to take advantage of that. So, so it's, it's a very long answer to a short question, but I think that's how complicated wellness is. Uh, and, and, and so, but you have to work on all those things, I believe. 
Man, that was a perfect answer. There's no, there's no <laughs> wrong answer here. I appreciate so you're going to stop asking the question now. And no, no, answer. no. I, I love hearing everyone's response to it. And you did fantastic. Uh, thanks okay. again for being on the podcast squatter. Bones. I appreciate your time and reaching out to me. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the hunt for wellness podcast. Please rate and review our show and be sure to share it with your F3 brothers. As always, we are looking for inspiring stories to share and health experts to interview. So if that's you, please reach out to me at bones at huntforwellness.com, on the nation's Slack at Bones, or Twitter at HFW Podcast. And until next time, this has been Bones guiding the packs of F3 Nation on their hunt for wellness. <laughs>